南無妙法蓮華経南無妙法蓮華経南無妙法蓮華経Hi friends, thank you for being here. Thank you for your practice. I hope this finds you in good health and safe. Uh, speaking of that, a brief announcement. Uh, there may be those of you who are interested in this as a service. And so I think later today, I will be posting on threefoldlois.com a link on the front page. There's a lot of links on the front page. I know, I know. Um, there's a link on uh, me, guest uh, speaker at your event uh, or at your uh, gathering. Uh, and I think right around that, I'll put a uh, an offer, something I, I just recently uh, encountered in my practice for one of the you patrons out there. Um, a very, very dear friend, partner uh, of this patron uh, just recently passed away. She got sick and she passed away. And uh, so... I offered her as she's dealing with, as we all do, uh, her loss, her grief, uh, that I would gladly perform a uh, ceremony for the deceased uh, for her friend, uh, being as both of them, well, she being a patron and then the deceased being also a practicing Buddhist, um, Nichiren Buddha, um, uh, school of Buddhism. Um, I thought it was essential to perform this for her. Um, and as she's a patron, just doing it as part of my thanks for her support, yes? So uh, Arlene and Daniel, whose name and picture I have beneath the Butsudan, so she'll be uh, participating in today's lecture. <laughs> um, I will, and I have already, but I will additionally perform uh, a full gongyo for her. And um, I thought, well, there may be other patrons out there who've lost a loved one. It doesn't have to be super recent, but just somebody who they've never had the opportunity to uh, have a, uh, a ceremony prepared for, a Buddhist ceremony prepared for their, their passing. Um, and if you're a patron, um, you know, I'm glad to do it as a as just gratitude for your support. If you're not a patron, um, I would appreciate some sort of a donation. I'll leave it up to you. Um, just to, to cover the, the minor expenses, uh, send me a picture, name, full name, date of birth, date of uh, death, and uh, you know, I will perform the ceremony for them. Um, as I say, I'll put a link with uh, the few details that are necessary um, on threefoldlois.com, and you'll be able to find that there on the on the landing page. Um, but I thought, yeah, I, I don't know why it's taken me this long uh, to include that in the services of this school. Um, I guess I just wasn't ready. I try to do it uh, during the fifth meditation in Gangil, uh, certainly for everyone I know and for everyone in general. And I do think of the Sangha as I'm performing uh, that meditation uh, recitation. But uh, yeah, this one, I was in communication with this lady for, well, I have been for quite some time. 
and uh, she's a wonderful person. And so when uh, when this happened recently, I thought, oh my goodness, why am I not doing this? So uh, not that all of you want to take it uh, advantage, want to want that. Uh, but if you do, I would be honored uh, to perform the ceremony and uh, have their pictures. So send me a decent picture of them. Doesn't have to be recent, but just a picture of them uh, as we're visual skanda driven creatures. Yes. And their name, as I say, and I will perform the ceremony for them. So anyway, that's the brief announcement. Uh, we are in the midst of the third chapter of the Lotus Sutra uh, proper. And the third chapter is one of those, one of the few chapters in the Lotus Sutra that's a bit lengthy. Um, so it has several stages. We pretty much have completed the beginning stage of where Shariputra is like telling Shakyamuni, um, wow, I am so ready. I have always suspected and I blamed myself for being somehow incapable of realizing this larger point of your teachings kind of wrapped up in the, uh, you know, the, the brotherhood, the, the, what do you call it? There's another word for mob mentality. It's just the, the group think, right? That, uh, just carried along the mythology from ancient Hindu traditions of reincarnations and multiple lifetimes and all that. And uh, all the while, it was sitting right in my face. And, and Shakyamuni is telling him, basically, I've taught you this before. You knew this, but somehow forgot it. So now, this teaching, I'm nailing it down, right? Lotus Sutra, immediate enlightenment in this lifetime, for this lifetime, to express and experience your maximal potential without stress, anxiety, blah, blah, blah. Dukkha. All right. So let's go on. Shakyamuni is now going to repeat as he does in verse. And, you know, in the Gathas in verse, we usually, as I've also said before, learned a little bit more detail about his sermon than we do in the exploratory storytelling. Yeah. So here we go. In an age to come, you shall become a Buddha, honored for universal wisdom by name and title Flower Light. And you shall save, or sorry, liberate innumerable creatures, right? So, what, again, the personages and the naming conventions, uh, they're not just idle, made-up things. They, they're very representative of the teaching itself. So why call him Flower Light, right? Making corrections as I go. White rope, what flower? Right? The lotus. Light. Enlightenment. So, here you are ha having this catharsis, Shariputra, Sharihotsu. Hmm? And this catharsis is going to be the nature of what you will be as an enlightened being, a Buddha. You will be flower light, a product of this aha moment you are right now experiencing. Hmm? He could have just called them Renge, but too obtuse, right? <laughs> Paying homage to numberless Buddhas, perfecting Bodhisattva actions, 
and the merits of the ten powers and so on, it shall be evident that you have attained the supreme way. In other words, you will course in the Saha world as a Bodhisattva. A Bodhisattva, by definition, an influence to others and your environment based on the opening of your Buddha eye. Hmm? After infinite kalpas have passed, a long time, there will be a kalpa named ornate with great jewels and a world named undefiled, pure and flawless, with lapis lazuli for its ground, with golden cords defining its ways, with trees variegated by the precious seven jewels, always having flowers and fruits. Now we know all of that expository is about this idyllic perception of the world around us. It's not that the streets will be made of these precious things and the, the trees will spawn flowers, fruits, and jewels, right? It's not about that. It's about perception. Hmm? All the bodhisattvas of that domain, ever firm in will and thought of supernatural powers and paramitas, all in complete possession under numberless Buddhas, having well learned the Bodhisattva way. Such leaders as these shall be converted by the Buddha flower light, by you, Shariputra. That Buddha, when he is a prince, will abandon his domain and give up earthly glory, and in his last bodily existence, will leave home and achieve the Buddha way. The Buddha flower light will dwell in the world for a lifetime of 12 minor kalpas, and the people of his domain will live for eight minor kalpas. After that Buddha's extinction, the right Dharma law will abide in the world for 32 minor kalpas, widely saving living creatures. Your influence will live long beyond your extinction, yeah? At the expiration of right Dharma law, the counterfeit law will abide for 32 minor kalpas. So even the intermediate goal of the false nirvana will last beyond, well beyond your, your extinction. And that's important because it's, for those of lesser capacity, still a pathway to the one Buddha vehicle, right? He's already explained that. His relics, flower lights, will be widely dispersed, universally revered by universal realms of influence and men. The doings of the Buddha flower light, such as these, will be his deeds. That most revered, honored of men, most excellent and incomparable, he is really you yourself. Therefore, rejoice and be glad, which Shariputra has already expressed. At that time, all the four groups of bhikshus, bhikshunis, upasakas, and upasikas, and universal realms of influence, dragons, yakshas, gandharas, asuras, garudas, kimnaras, mahoragas, and others, all the great assembly, seeing that Shariputra in the presence of the Buddha had received this prediction of perfect enlightenment, Rejoice greatly in unbounded ecstasy, each divesting himself 
of the robe he wore and offering it in homage to the Buddha. While Shatra Devendra, the Lord Brahma, and others, with countless transcendent sons, also paid homage to the Buddha with wonderfully heavenly robes and celestial mandarava flowers, maha mandarava flowers, and so on. The celestial robes bestrewed, remaining in the sky, whirled round of themselves, and hundreds of thousands of myriads of sorts of heavenly musical instruments all at once made music in the sky, and raining numerous heavenly flowers, they uttered these words. Of old at Varanasi, the Buddha first rolled the wheel of the law, and now again rolls the supreme and greatest law wheel. My annotation here is, this is a profound statement. What it literally says is that the teaching of Shakyamuni Buddha has been ever consistent and based on the same principle from the start. What is changed is the perception of his students. Even the so-called counterfeit dharma was taught for the progression to full understanding as a simpler intermediary. All right. Thereupon, all the transcendent sons, desiring to announce this meaning over again, spoke thus in verse. So this is the whole assembly here. Quite a feat. This just indicates universal understanding, yeah? But hang on. Because if this, what they've witnessed, if you'll recall, the people of the, the teachings uh, who, who were, saw themselves as following the three teachings of Sravaka, Pratyagabuddha and Bodhisattva, the three lesser vehicles, not this one Buddha vehicle. Remember, one of the things they also believed, not only in reincarnation and multiple lifetimes, that's being cut away here, finally. But they also believed that the only way you could finally achieve Buddhahood was by having it given to you, offered to you, predicted to you by a Buddha. Well, isn't that what just happened? So don't get too excited, because as excited as they are, they may be excited for still the wrong reason. They may only be partially understanding. So let's not get too excited. It's great that all of these, this huge assembly is like coming into the program now and really listening, mm, but, yeah? So let's see what happens. Thereupon, all the transcendent sons, deserving to announce this meaning over again, spoke thus in verse. From the beginning, at Varanasi, the Buddha did roll the law wheel of the four noble truths and discriminately teach the laws of the rise and extinction of the five aggregates, the skandhas. And now again, though dust roll, the most wonderful thou dost... Mm. Let's put the, the world-honored one. Sorry for doing this, but I want to make sure that this book is probably going to be my pinnacle of teaching 
I want to make sure it reads correctly, right? And now again, the world-honored one, roll the most wonderful, supreme, great wheel of the law, the law which is extremely profound and which few are able to accept. We for a long time past have often heard the world-honored one teach, but we have never before heard such a profound a priori and supreme law. Well, you've heard it, you just haven't heard it. You weren't really listening, right? The world-honored one teaching this law, we all follow it with joy. The great wise Shariputra now has received the honored one's prediction. There it is. You're your own prediction. You have this capacity. But, oh, now he's, he's achieved your prediction. They're still, they're still missing the point, aren't they? We also, in like manner, must certainly become Buddhas, who in all worlds are the most honored and peerless. The Buddha way is beyond conception and is taught by opportune, tactful methods. May all our happy karma in the present world or past worlds and the merit of seeing the Buddha all turn to the way of Buddhahood. Oh, yes, indeed, yes. Yeah? Thereupon, Shariputra spoke to the Buddha, saying, World-honored one, I now have no doubts or regrets. In person, before the Buddha, I have received my prediction of perfect enlightenment. Wait a minute, does Shuraputra get it? Is he teetering? But these 1,200 self-controlled ones, who of long ago abode in the four stages of learning, also called the four revered stages or the four fruits of Shravakas, were always instructed by the Buddha, saying, quote, My law is able to give freedom from birth, decrepitude, disease, and death, and the final attainment of nirvana. What are you not getting here? He's spelling it out, and Shariputra is repeating it. It doesn't need to be predicted and given to you. It's something that you do. But there's a little slippage in the rhetoric here, isn't there? Each of these who are under training and no longer under training is also free from false views about the self and about existence or non-existence and considers he has attained nirvana, the false nirvana. But now in the presence of the Buddha, hearing that which he, they have never heard before, not because it wasn't said, but because they didn't hear it, they have all fallen into doubts and perplexities. What? Good, honored, world-honored one, please state the reasons for the four groups so that they may be free from doubts and regrets. Shariputra recognizes that they don't quite get it yet. They see what they're excited about is the prediction given to Shariputra from the Buddha. They're kind of missing the boat on the self-determination, yeah? Then the Buddha spoke to Shariputra. Have I not before said that the Buddhas, the world-honored ones, by various reasonings, parables, and terms, teach the law tactfully? All for the purpose of perfect enlightenment? Hello? All these teachings are for the purpose of transforming bodhisattvas. 
I'm happy you get it, but haven't I been teaching this all along? But Shariputra, let me now again, in a parable, make this meaning even still more clear. For intelligent people, people who are listening attentively, through a parable, reach understanding. Maybe, let me give you a story, and maybe I'll set off that final ringe so that you no longer have doubts or regrets, that you understand what I've been saying all along. Here we go. Shariputra, suppose in a certain kingdom, a city or town, there's a great elder, old and worn, of boundless wealth, and possessing many fields, houses, slaves, and servants. Slaves and servants wasn't a bad thing then, it was just a station in life. Criticism notwithstanding, yeah. His house is, his house is spacious and large, having only one door, and with many people dwelling in it, 100, 200, or even 500 in number. Big house, yeah? Okay. Its halls and chambers are decayed and old, its walls crumbling, the bases of its pillars rotten, the beams and roof tree toppling and dangerous. On every side, at the same moment, fire suddenly starts and the house is in flames. So this is an old house, it's in disrepair, even though there's 500 able bodies living in it, nobody's lifting a finger to fix the house. That's a disease I see often in the South, all over the country, really. People just get lazy. They wait till things, isn't that a, a human nature though? People wait until disaster strikes before they lift a finger to fix the problem. It's really a sad state of affairs, but. So here we are, this huge house, 500 people living in it at any one time. The place is decrepit and fire breaks out. The sons of the elder, say 10, 20, or even 30, are in this dwelling. Now, he's an old, wealthy man, but um, how old do you think his sons are at this point? The elder, on seeing this conflagration, if you didn't know what that word means, it means fire, spring up on every side, is greatly startled and reflects thus. He thinks... Though I am able to get safely out of this burning house, yet my children in the burning house are pleasurably absorbed in amusements without apprehension, knowledge, surprise, or fear. They're so wrapped up in their Game Boys and their, their uh, what's the popular games now? Heck, I don't know any of them. But they're just totally enthralled in their, uh, in their video games, say. Though the fire is pressing up upon them and pain and suffering are imminent, they do not mind or fear and have no impulse to escape. Oh, you know, somebody else will take care of it. I'm almost, I'm almost at uh, 10 million points. I can't stop now. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's fire. <laughs> There's smoke. But somebody will take care of it. I'm busy. Can you imagine? 
Shariputra, this elder, ponders thus, I am a, I'm strong in my body and arms, even though I'm old. Shall I get them out of the house by means of a flower vessel or a bench or a table? Again, he ponders, because he can't take them out one by one. It'll be too slow. He wants to grab them all and get them the hell out of the house, yeah? This house has only one gate. Moreover, it is narrow and small. My children are young, knowing nothing as yet, and attached to their place of play. Attached to their place of play. Hmm? Perchance they will fall into and be burned in the fire. I must speak to them on this dreadful matter, warning them that the house is burning and they, they must come out instantly lest they be burned and injured by the fire or killed. Having reflected thus according to his thoughts, he notifies his children, Come out quickly, all of you. Oh, Dad. <laughs> Though the father, in his pity, lures and admonishes with kind words, yet the children, joyfully attached to their play, are unwilling to accept him and have neither surprise nor fear nor any mind to escape. Moreover, they do not know what is the fire he means. Oh my gosh, how absorbed are they in their fun, their sensoric identities? Hmm? Or what the house and what he means by being lost, but only run hither and thither in play. Glancing at their father, hey dad. <laughs> then the elder reflects thus, oh man. This house is burning in a great conflagration. If I and my children do not get out at once, we shall certainly be burned up by it. Let me now, by some tactful means, cause my children to escape this disaster, knowing that to which each of his children is predisposed, and all the various attractive playthings and curiosities to which their natures will joyfully respond, the father, the father informs them, saying, The things which you are fond of playing, so rare and precious, if you do not come and get them, you will be sorry for it afterwards. Such a, a variety of goat carts, deer carts, and bullock carts is now outside the gate to play with. I've assembled all your wonderful prizes, uh, uh, games and, and toys, and, and I've placed them all outside in these carts. And if you don't go get them now, you may never get them. Hurry up, go get your playthings. All of you must come quickly out of this burning house, and I will give you whatever you want. Thereupon, the children, learning of the attractive playthings mentioned by their father, and because they suit their wishes, Everyone eagerly, each pushing the other and racing against each other, comes scrambling out of the burning house. Then the elder, seeing his children have sa having safely escaped, are all in the square, sits down in the open, no longer troubled, but with a mind at ease and ecstatic with joy. Then each of the children says to their father, Father! Please now give us those lovely things you promised us to play with. Goat carts, deer carts, bullet carts. Yeah, these children, right? 
Shariputra. Then the elder gives to each of his children equally a great cart, lofty and spacious, adorned with all the precious things, surrounded with rails, seats, hung with bells on all four sides and covered with curtains, splendidly decorated also with various rare and precious things, linked with strings of precious stones, hung with garlands and flowers, thickly spread in beautiful mats, supplied with rosy pillows, yoked with white bullocks of pure white skin, right, oxen, of handsome appearance and of great muscular power, which walk with even steps and with the speed of the wind having also many servants and followers to guard them. For what reason? Great elder, because this great elder is of boundless wealth and all his various treasuries and granaries are full to overflowing, so he reflects thus, my possessions being boundless, I must not give my children inferior small carts. All these children are my sons, whom I love without partiality. Having such great carts made of the precious seven jewels, infinite in number, I should with equal mind bestow upon them one without discrimination. For what reason? Because if I gave them to the whole nation, these things of mine would not run short how much less to my children. Meanwhile, each of the children rides on his great cart, having got that which they never had before and never expected to have. Now, by now, you should see how direct this parable is to what is happening in this very chapter, in this Lotus Sutra. Hmm? He gave, I will spell it out for you. He gave to his monks, students, the gift of the false nirvana to keep them interested and moving forward in their practice. Don't quit. Don't be distracted. Don't go back to your baubles of samsara. Look what you can achieve. Oh, great. Come out. And now that they're all out and safe in this assembly, he gives them all the supreme one vehicle. Now they're ready to have it all. They no longer to be enticed into practicing for their enlightenment. They can simply achieve it. Right? That's what the parable is indicating. So who's the old, venerable, wealthy man in this? Isn't it Shakyamuni? Hmm? And the entire assembly is his sons and daughters. Let's read on. Shariputra, what is your opinion? Has the elder, in giving great carts of the precious substances to his children equally, been somewhat guilty of falsehood? Shariputra said, No, world-honored one. That elder only caused his children to escape the disaster of fire and pre uh, preserved their bodies alive. He committed no falsity. Why? He has in such a manner preserved their bodies alive, and also they have obtained those playthings. Now, how much more by tactful means he has emancipated them from that burning house? World-honored one, even if that elder did not give them one of the smallest carts, still he is not false. For what reason? Because 
that elder from the first formed the intention, intent, intention, I will by tactful means cause my children to escape. For this reason, he is not false. How much less so, seeing that this elder, knowing his own boundless wealth and desiring to benefit his children, gives them great carts equally. The Buddha said to Shariputra, Good, good. It is even as you say, Shariputra, the Tathagata is also like this. For he is the father of all worlds, who has forever entirely ended all his fear, despondency, distress, ignorance, and umbrageous darkness, and has perfected his boundless knowledge, powers, and fearlessness, is possessed of great spiritual power and wisdom, has completely attained the paramitas of tactfulness and wisdom, who is the greatly merciful and greatly compassionate, ever tireless, ever seeking the good and benefiting all beings, and he is born in this triple world, the old, decayed, burning house, to save all living creatures from the fires of birth, old age, sickness, and death. The cycle of birth, 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 the attachment to the plaything, samsara, right? The pleasures of the skandhas. Grief, suffering, foolishness, darkness, and the three poisons, and each and teach them to obtain complete and perfect enlightenment. Anuttara samyak sambodai. That's what I've been doing all along. Hmm? He sees how all living creatures are scorched by the fires of birth, old age, disease, and death, grief and sorrow, and suffer various kinds of distress by reasons of the five desires, the greed for grain, and how by reason of the attachments of desire and its pursuits, they now endure such suffering and hereafter will suffer in some hell or as animals or hungry spirits, even if they are born in a heaven or amongst men, there are such various kinds of suffering as poverty, distress, separation from loved ones, and union with hateful beings. Absorbed in these things, all living creatures rejoice and take their pleasure, while they neither apprehend nor perceive, are neither alarmed nor feared, and are without satiety, right, constant hunger, never seeking to escape, but in the burning house of this triple world, running about hither and thither, and although they will meet with great suffering, count it not a cause for anxiety, right? They try to save themselves with suffering by suffering. It's, it is the lock of samsaric thinking, you know? The attachments, the constant wanting to satiate the skandhas, the sensory joys. It's, it's endless. It's a trap. Shariputra, the Buddha, having seen this, then reflects thus, I am the father of all creatures, and I must snatch them from suffering and give them the bliss of the infinite. Momentum, cosmos, infinite. Boundless Buddha wisdom for them to play with. Be in this. Shariputra, the Tathagata, again reflects thus, if I only 
Use spiritual power and wisdom, casting aside every tactical method and extol for the sake of all living creatures the wisdom, powers, and fearlessness of the Tathagata. Living creatures cannot by this method be saved, be liberated. For what reason? As long as all these creatures have never escaped. Birth, old age, disease, death, grief, and suffering. But are being burned in the burning house of the triple world. How can they understand the, the wisdom? They've never seen it. How can they know it? How can they know anything different from what they're in? Shariputra, even as that elder, though with power in body and arms, yet does not use it, but only by diligent tact, resolutely saves his children from the calamity of the burning house and then gives each of them great carts made of precious things. So is it with the Tathagata. Though he has power and fearlessness, he does not use them, but only by his wise tact does he remove and emancipate all living creatures from the burning house of the triple world. Teaching the three vehicles, the Shavaka, Prachaka, Buddha, and Bodhisattva vehicles. And thus he speaks to them, all of you, do not delight to dwell in the burning house of the triple world. Do not hanker after its crude forms, sounds, odors, flavors, and contacts, for if through hankering you beget a love of it, then you will be burned by it. Get you out of the triple world and attain to the three vehicles, the Shravakta, Prachaka Buddha, and Bodhisattva vehicles. I now give you my pledge for this, and it will never prove false. Do you only be diligent and zealous? By these tactful means does the Tathagata lure all creatures forth, and again speaks thus. Know ye, all these three vehicles are praised by sages. In them you will be free and independent without wanting to rely on anything else. Riding in these three vehicles by means of perfect faculties, powers, perceptions, ways, concentrations, emancipations, and contemplations, you will, as a matter of course, be happy and gain infinite peace and joy. The three vehicles, the goat cart, the deer cart, the oxen cart. Shariputra, if there are living beings who have a spirit of wisdom within and following the Buddha, the world-honored one hears the law, receiving it in resolve and zealously makes progress. Single-mindedly, yes. Desiring speedily to escape from the triple world and seeking nirvana for themselves, these will have the vehicle named the Sarvaka vehicle just as some of those children coming out of the burning house for the sake of the go-kart. If there are living beings who, following the Buddha, the world-honored one, hear the law, receive it, and resolve it, zealously make progress, seeking self-gained wisdom, delighting in the tranquility of their individual goodness, and deeply versed in the causes and reasons of the laws. These will have the vehicle named Pratyaka Buddha vehicle. Just as some of those children come out of the burning house, for the sake of the deer cart. 
If there are living beings who, following the Buddha, the world-honored one, hear the law, receive it, and resolve, diligently practice, and zealously advance, seeking the complete wisdom, the wisdom of the Buddha, the natural wisdom, the wisdom without a teacher, and the knowledge, powers, and fearlessness of the Tathagata, who take pity on and comfort innumerable creatures, benefit universal realms of influence in men, and liberate all beings. These will have the vehicle named the Great Vehicle. Because the Bodhisattvas seek this vehicle, they are named Mahasattvas. They are like those children who come out of the burning house for the sake of the bullock cart or the ox cart. Shariputra, just as that elder seeing his children get out of the burning house safely to a place free from fear and pondering on his immeasurable wealth, gives each of these children a great cart. So also is it with the Tathagata, being the father of all living creatures, if he sees infinite thousands of codas of creatures by the teaching of the Buddha escape from the sufferings of the triple world, from fear, fearful and perilous dip paths, and gain the joys of nirvana, the Tathagata then reflects thus, I possess infinite, boundless wisdom, power, fearlessness, and other law treasuries of Buddhas. All these living creatures are my sons and daughters, to whom I will equally give the great vehicle, so that there will be no one who gains an individual nirvana, but all gain nirvana by the same nirvana as the Tathagata. All these living creatures who escape the triple world are given the playthings of Buddhas, concentrations, emancipation, and others, all of one form, one kind, praised by sages and able to produce pure, supreme pleasure. Shariputra, even as that elder as at first attached his children, attracted his children, uh, sorry, by the three cards, and afterward gave them only a great card, magnificently adorned with precious things and supremely restful, yet that elder is not guilty of falsehood, as also is it with the Tathagata. There is no falsehood in the first teaching, three vehicles to attract all living creatures and afterward saving by the great vehicle only. Why? Because the Tathagata possesses infinite wisdom, power, fearlessness in the treasury of all the laws and is able to give all living creatures the great vehicle law, but not all are able to receive it. So... I'm going to pause here, but I do want to repeat myself again. This Tathagata that keeps interjecting in the midst of World Honored One, Buddha, and all these different epithets, you might think they all mean the same thing, but Tathagata, when, when he says in these stories that Buddha is the father of all the worlds, all the creatures, all the sentient minds. He's not saying that this father is an actual being. The father of all phenomena, every boy and girl, certainly. Every creature, every rock, planet, sun, star. It's the engine of life. Buddha is the engine of life. And the engine of life cannot hold back 
its potential. In our embodiment as sentient thinking beings, when a human takes hold of the Tathagata, existing in the Saha world, sees how people have different capacities to appreciate this engine of life. So introduces the engine of life in it creates aspiration toward the engine of life by easier goals. Goals that are very tantalizing, like all of the playthings in the different carts. For some, the idea of being liberated from their avarice and greed and different forms of their awareness of dukkha because everybody sees suffering differently. We all suffer the same, but that doesn't mean we all perceive suffering the same. Hmm? So different goals are given, different stories are given for certain groups of minds even though the goal ultimately is the same, I have to dole out, I have to be careful because if I make the goal too intense, it'll just scare people off or it'll make them resentful. So I have to teach to their capacity. But once I get them safely on the road that they see their abilities that they see what they can have experience then i give them all the maximum the totality because now it doesn't seem so foreign now it doesn't seem so far away. for some it may but it still seems achievable because they can rely on their past accomplishments but now there's no time anymore for taking it step by step, right? This is Mapo. This is the latter day of the law. No more coddling. Get up and do it. You are now an aware enough human being, a capacity built into cultural reality in the evolution of the sentient mind. All of you can get this. Some of you may have more mm, samsaric obstacles than others, but that's not because you can't perceive this. You may have to work more diligently, so do it. Right? All right. So we, uh, that's pretty much the, the fable. We'll do a little bit more discussion of it, no doubt. But um, it's a pretty one-to-one -one illustration of what uh, he's teaching, isn't it? All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Don't forget, take a few seconds to like and subscribe. It really helps expand the Sangha. It's a Bodhisattva act. And the rest of you, the links in, in the description, uh, buying ebooks and, uh, you know, the bookstore, the mandala store, the, the, the free podcast, the website, which I have to remember, I have to go uh, add a link to today. Thank you so much. Patrons. 
I'm always looking for ways to show my gratitude for your support. Thank you all. I will see you in the next one. Bye for now.